Revelation chapter 3. Every time it seems like I want to move on to a start a series, uh, the Lord kind of keeps me on a, on a thought right here for our church. I can't really say the last month has been a, a series, but there's been a, a theme to it that God has seen fit uh, for, for this body and for, for us as a people, His people. And I want you to read with me in Revelation chapter 3. Just verses 7 and 8. This is the church of Philadelphia. This is one of the churches that was not rebuked. Uh, not that they were perfect, but the Lord just encouraged them. And Revelation 3, verses 7 and 8. And unto the angel of the church of Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. I know thy works, Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Well, I want to focus on this today. I believe it's what the Lord, He just kept bringing this thought to me. Behold, I have set before you an open door. He says, no man can shut it, which we'll talk about more in a moment. But God has set before us an open door. He set before this church an open door. They had weaknesses. They had some persecution coming their way. He encouraged them. And one of the ways that He encouraged them was He says, I've set before you an open door and no man can shut it. There might have been something in their life uh, in the history of their church and and I'm going to relate relate it to our lives, our church as well, that we feel like doors are shut to us. We feel like they're closing rapidly. We feel like there's not an open opening to do. Uh, what God has called us to do or to live the life that we had hoped for or something like that. We feel like the door is shut and the Lord is encouraging us this morning, I have set before thee an open door. And typically when we think about the expression an open door, not, not even just in biblical terms, just an open door, you know, you think of it as something exciting. You think of it like a future that, that uh, with hope and expectation, there's this big open door before us that we can walk in. To me, it speaks of freedom and opportunity. You hear it a lot of graduation speeches and things like that where, you know, uh, whoever's speaking to the, the new graduates, you know, that, oh, the, the world's before you, you know, you can go out and if you can dream it, you can be it, and all these types of things. It, it speaks of opportunity. And it speaks, uh, whether it's in business, education, uh, fulfilling hopes and dreams for the future. And so an open door is, is exciting. But how much more when it's the Lord that's opened the door? How much more when it's not only the Lord that's opened the door, but it's the door that He opened. The door that He wants us to walk into that says, this is open unto you. I've opened it unto you. And this is what I've opened unto you. For us to walk into. And so uh, it's, a, it's a door that the Lord Jesus opens up to men. The world's doors that are, quote, open are limited, even though they speak about if you can dream it, you can be it kind of thing. We know that that's not actually true. There are a lot of things that we can accomplish in this life and that men and women and young people can accomplish in life. And I thank the Lord for those that, you know, that, that excel and thinks that it's something that's noble and wonderful. But still, the, the open doors of the world are not always open. There are limited. It's not unlimited possibilities of what you can want, uh, what you want to be and do. Uh, there are, because it's a carnal world that we live in, 
It's a sinful world we live in. And on top of that, it's a temporal world that we live in. We're limited in, in open doors in the natural life, okay? But God's open door that He sets before men through His Son, Jesus Christ, uh, His invitation, His possibilities are not limited like the world's limits, limits on possibilities and open doors. And so God, it's exciting to me that the Lord says, I've set before you an open door. He opens doors and then enables us to walk into them and through them and to live in that. He opens uh, possibilities, His hope for us, His thoughts for us. The Bible says, Now unto Him that is able to do what we quote it all the time, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. I'm going to say it again, unto Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly. No one in the world can do that. No one can do that for you. You can't do it for yourself. We are limited. I, I mean, think about it. If I said I want to be the... I decided today I want to be the, the, the fastest, best marathon runner in the world. I probably couldn't be, okay? In my age, in my speed or whatever, uh, probably that's, a, that's not. As hard as I work, and as sincere as I may be, that's probably something I could never do. Or play in the NBA. It's not going to happen, okay? Uh, ask Peter. We played basketball yesterday. It was pretty ugly. Um, but God opens doors and He's able to do exceeding abundantly. So He set before us. He did. He sets before this church at Philadelphia. He said, an open door. I set it before you. Here it is, wide open. And no man can shut it. So it's before us and we have to enter into it. His possibility, the possibilities that we have in Christ, those to me are not limited other than the will of God, how He would want to, how He would want to uh, to use us. For example, those are how long we're going to live on this life, on this earth. But the Bible says, and we all know the scripture in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I know the thoughts that I think. This is God speaking. That I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to bring you an expected end. That means a hoped for end. That means even if we don't understand it perfectly or can't conceive it perfectly, it would be the hope of our hearts. The, the, the greatest hope of our hearts, that's the, that's the end that God wants to bring us to. I know the thoughts that I think towards you. A lot of times we mess it up. We go out of the will of God by sin or disobedience or unbelief. He can, he can reel us back in and bring us back and so forth. But still, the thoughts that He has for us in uh, the, the open door that He set before us, and what's in that open door in Jesus is never going to disappoint us. Amen. It's never going to disappoint us. We ought to spend our time seeking God. Amen? We ought to spend our time in the things of God. We are limited in business. We are limited in, in uh, education. We're limited in pleasures and earthly pleasures. There's a limit to all of that. Again, and all of that's temporal as, as well. But what God has set before us is an open door. His future, His eternity, that He has purposed for us in Christ. It's not limited. It's not limited to us by death even. Because it's eternal life. Amen? It's not limited to us by our current circumstances or situations. You might look at yourself right now 
And maybe if I preach in the prison, maybe it would be more applicable. But, but I think it would be to anyone. My current circumstances and situations mean there's not this really open door before me because they're so contrary. My conditions are so contrary. But that does, that's not at all affecting or hindering the door that God has opened to us. Paul even said we're bound. I'm bound. Physically, he was in prison when he's writing some of these epistles. But the Word of God is not bound. So you can lock him up and put, put him in a prison, in the innermost prison, in darkness. You can shackle his hands and feet together into the floor or to the wall and uh, limit his mobility. And yet, God is not bound. The Word of God is not bound. The purpose that God wants to accomplish through the Apostle's life is not bound. Paul and Silas were bound up in the innermost dungeon of a prison, bound up with bleeding stripes that had been beaten. Nobody tended to him and thrown in a dark, stinky prison, dirty. And yet God broke an earthquake and broke the prison open and the chains fell off and the prison doors opened up. This is how it's different God's door that He opens as opposed to a man's uh, endless possibilities. They're not endless in the world. They're endless in Christ to what He has for us. And so... Those, the open door that He has and what He has for us is not limited by our wealth or lack of wealth. It's not limited by our health. Well, I'm just not well or my eyesight's not good. Or something. It's not limited by our intelligence. My IQ is not the best in the world. It's not limited by who our parents are, our ancestry, who our friends are, who our enemies are, it, uh, by past failures. It's not even limited by our own inability to fully conceive what God has for us. Because the Bible tells us, uh, and I know that Jordan and Patricia read it in their study this morning, that I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered to the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love Him. But it doesn't stop there. And he says, but the Spirit hath revealed them to us. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. That is the wisdom of God. That is the mind of Christ. And so, even if I, Lord, I can't even conceive of this wonderful open door you have for me and, and what's so wonderful about it, the Holy Ghost can reveal it to us and say, here's the open door Almighty God has set before you. It's worth walking into. It's worth more than all your effort and energy spent pursuing after earthly pursuits that are going to disappoint. His or not. His are not going to come to an end. His hopes and His, His works and His blessings for our lives. A door, literally, it means a portal or an opening or an entrance. And the Lord has opened it unto men. I want you to turn with me and read in John chapter 10. John chapter 10. We could read a lot of this. We're going to read three verses for now. John chapter 10, verse 7. Then said Jesus unto them again, Truly, truly, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. Twice he has said that, right? By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. We're just going to stop right there. So Jesus opens the door for men to become the sons of God. Jesus opens the door. He said, it says in John chapter 1, and to, but as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God. That's an open door, isn't it? 
That's something you're not going to find anywhere else. But as many as received Him by faith, to them gave He power to become the sons of God. Everybody's not a son of God. Born again people are sons of God. Everybody's a creation of God. Everybody's been created by the Lord and is loved by God, but everybody's not a son of God or a daughter of God. That is by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And He's opened that door for men, hasn't He? He has opened that door. And so, I want to read this Scripture uh, from Hebrews chapter 10.20 if you're taking notes. I'm going to go ahead and read it. By a new and living way, which He hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, His flesh. It's a new and living way that God has made possible through His own sacrifice on the cross to enter in. This is what, when Jesus is saying, I'm the door. I believe this is specifically what He's talking about. By the new and living way, which He has consecrated for us through the veil, that would be into the presence of God. And If you're picturing the tabernacle or the temple, that is to say His flesh. So the veil that was rent or opened was is Christ. We enter in through Christ. And so, he, he not only opens the door to man, He is the door. He not only opens the door, but He is the door. And I'll say this, and this is what we're going to talk about the remainder of today. Not only for salvation. He's not only the door that's open. If any man enters in, he shall be saved. Jesus said, by me. Okay? He's not only the door for salvation, forgiveness of sins, but He's an open door to enter into all the fullness that He has purposed for us in Christ. And I think a lot of people step in. A lot of people never enter the door. And they die lost. Okay, They never come to faith in Jesus. Know all about Him. Have heard all about Him. Hit and miss. They're all around. They're close. They're close to Christians. They're close to church. Maybe they're in and out of church. Uh, in Christian schools. But they never know Christ. They never enter the door. Now I believe there's other people that are saved, that have entered in through Christ, but we never enter into the fullness of what He has for us. We're standing right at the entrance. And we can turn around and still see what we came out of behind us, that world. We're in Christ. We're saved. We're saved. Our sins are forgiven. We have the gift of eternal life. But we're not walking in the fullness of what He has for us. That door leads to something. Not only initially to initial salvation, which is by far the most wonderful thing, being in Christ, okay? Having the gift of eternal life. But there is a fullness to this life in Christ. And I say, I include myself in that. So many believers, and I as well, often come short of all that is possible in Christ. Would you not agree, you know, would you agree with that? That we come short of the fullness of what is possible in Christ. Not short of heaven, when we die, it's not that you're not saved. If you're saved, you're saved. I say it all the time. That doesn't change. But we come short of what's possible for us in Christ and that the Lord actually purposed for us in Christ. He said in that passage in John, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved. That's first. Amen. And shall go in and out and find pasture. It doesn't mean in and out of Christ. I don't believe that. I believe it means a freedom and a liberty in Christ. To move about within Christ. To grow in Christ and find pasture in the Lord. That word pasture means uh, land for grazing or food. That's literally what the word in the Bible pasture means. You'll find the land. Remember when the children of Israel came into the promised land. When they first crossed 
You know, they, they put the, uh, when the priest bearing the ark took their first step and the Jordan was overflowing its banks, it was a flood time of the year and they have to get into the promised land, they have to cross the river and the first thing is going to be Jericho and, the, and how are we going to get across this river? How are we going to get 3 million people plus across the river? It says when the, ark's bear, the, the priest bearing the ark went to put their foot down in the water, the waters parted and began to part. And they get to this promised land. Well, they're just now, once they've all crossed over on dry ground, then the waters float again. They're still on, just on the brink of it, right? The whole promised land is before them. They're there. They're in the promised land. As soon as they crossed that Jordan River, they were in the promised land. But they hadn't possessed it, had they? They hadn't uh, defeated the first enemy or possessed their houses or eaten from their vineyards or anything like that. Uh, so there was a whole land was still before them. And I think a lot of times in Christ, you know, it's just a picture to me that we, we step in, we've crossed the Jordan River, we've passed from death to life by faith in Jesus. Praise God. Praise the Lord for that. But then there's this, people sometimes think that's it. That's all that there is. Now, it doesn't greatly affect my life from day to day. It doesn't greatly affect my pursuits my loves, my affections, the desires of my heart. My, it doesn't greatly affect things, and it ought to. Being born again ought to affect everything in our lives. And he says, I've set before you an open door. And he wants us to move about freely and find pasture, find uh, spiritual meat and, and food and sustenance and satisfaction and joy in the Lord, in the Holy Ghost. He set that door before us, and y'all, I'll just say it, for us this morning, He wants us to enter into it. Not only for salvation, but to enter in to what He has for us. What He has set before us. To lay hold on it. To live in it. To walk in this life that's in Christ. To apprehend the fullness of everything that He has for us. And it seems like for the history of our church here at Cornerstone, and, and specifically for the last... I don't know how many sermons, four or five sermons, it seems like there's kind of been this thought of, of more and, and reaching for more and an encouragement to serve more, to pray more, not just for the sheer sake of doing more, to checking it off our list, but the fact that there is so much more in Christ. There's more power, there's more love, there's more joy, there's more freedom. Uh, and God wants us to walk in it Everything that He has in, 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 in this life for us, he, it says in, I think, 2 Timothy 1, I'm not sure if it's First or 2 Timothy, that He's purposed these things for us in Christ before the world began. It doesn't mean an election as far as Calvinistic theology about oh, predestined to save salvation. But in Christ, He has ordained things for us. He knew that you were going to be saved knowledge of God and you are saved and he has purposed for you in Christ in his son these wonderful things that he's purposed for you before the world began and I want to receive and walk in the complete fullness of that I cannot say that I have always I want to I'm still living and breathing so that means there's still a chance I can I still can live in the fullness of of all, all that God has for me. I'll just give examples. The fullness of His power. 
Remember that, that oratory book we did on Wednesday nights, uh, The Fullness of His Power? We went through the power of prayer, the power of the Holy Ghost, the power of the Word, the power of the blood. And, uh, but the power of the Lord. Are you walking as a believer day to day in the fullness of His power? I would think sometimes I am, but probably not fully the fullness of His power. But that's what Pentecost was all about. That's what second chapter of Acts that we read about in the first chapter where he says, Terry, till you're endued with power from on high. There's a fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit. The fullness of the knowledge of God. Am I walking in the fullness of the knowledge of the Lord? But not only knowledge to be saved, like this is life eternal that they may know thee, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent, but a fullness of my knowledge of God and Him specifically and spiritual things and the things of God. Uh, because the Bible says in 2 Peter 3, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There's a, so there's a growth in my knowledge of the Lord, right? I want to walk in the fullness of that. I want to be apprehending, at least moving forward in that. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what what the fullness of that would really feel like or be be like, but I want to be moving forward in that. I want to be taking new ground. If you're the children of Israel, okay, we first got to fight Jericho and see the power of God make the walls like fall down flat and come from all the all sides and take that city. Right? That's their first big enemy that they had to face. Then we want to move from there to the next place to the next place and begin to possess the land. And that's what God, the open door He set before us. There's a fullness of His love that I feel like I have not experienced yet. His love for me and and the love of God through me for others and for Him in return. I feel like that can be increased. I believe that there's more to that. I know that there is. Fullness of my Christ-likeness in my own character and nature. That open door is set before me. Randy, you can be more gentle. You can be, you know, have more faith, love, joy, peace. I can have more of this and so can you. It's not that I have none of it. These fruits are in my life, praise God. But there's so much more. There's so much more that uh, service I can do unto the Lord. Worship unto the Lord. As I said, peace and joy. Um, so the Lord set this open door before us. Uh, how about preaching the gospel? Can I serve the Lord more in my witness for Christ? Absolutely, I can. Paul says this in, in uh, Colossians chapter 4, verse 3. He says, praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance. That God would open us a door of utterance. In other words, a door to speak. To speak about what? Selling insurance? No, to speak of the things of God. The Word of God. To bring people to Christ. To speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds. The, door, the Lord opens that door. I believe specifically uh, that that is the door that Christ was speaking to the church of Philadelphia about personally. And in the study that I've done, the specific door was a door of utterance. You're, you're going you're to have a door to preach this gospel. And though men try to shut you up and you're persecuted for my name's sake, 
I've, I've kicked the door wide open. I've set it before you. No man's going to shut it. You keep preaching in my name. I believe that specifically was the door he was talking about there. But let's talk about this for a minute. That the fact that Jesus said, I set before you an open door, and he says, no man can shut it. Okay? No man can shut it. No devil can shut it. We know that just from all the scriptures combined. No government can shut the door that the Lord has open for you. No military, no mob, okay, a people. No man can shut the door or the entrance or the portal that Jesus Christ has opened unto us. And I'll read it again. We, we started with this scripture. And uh, these things saith he that is holy. Revelation 3, 7, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, that speaks of authority. When the Bible speaks of a key, have the keys of hell and of death. Here I have the key of David, that's speaking of his, his authority as king as of Israel and the king uh, that he is, it speaks of his authority. He that openeth and no man shutteth and shutteth and no man openeth. That is the Lord. That is the Lord that opens doors for us. I don't care how discouraged you may be from your own mind, your own experiences, your own past, your, uh, the people around you, other people in the church. Some of the greatest discouragement we can have is from other believers. But what God has set before us, no man can shut. He says, I've opened it. But Lord, I've failed. I've tried that 15 times and failed. But He's saying, no, but I've opened the door for you. So that past failure does not limit my future open door. The past failure does not limit what He has for me in Christ in the future. He says, I've set before you an open door. No man can shut it. The only thing I believe are things that can shut that open door for us. He says, no man can shut it. I guess it wouldn't really shut the door. The only thing that would keep us from entering in to the fullness would be our own unbelief. Because all things are possible to them that believe. All things are open unto those that believe. And so our own, uh, our own lack of trust in a trustworthy God, our own lack of faith in a God who is ever faithful, whose name is faithful and true, my lack of faith in Him, I wouldn't say it's going to close the door to me because he says no man can shut it. It will keep me personally from entering into it, even though it's open and right before me. My own unbelief, my own lack of spiritual desire. And we have to be honest with, with ourselves. I think a lot of times we don't apprehend, we don't pray more, we don't come to the altars, we don't witness more, we don't do a lot of things more because our lack, we have a lack of spiritual desire. It's not as strong as it should be. We know in our minds what the Scriptures say. We know my desire for Christ should be all-consuming. It ought to be over the top. It ought to be above and beyond everything. It certainly should be above where it is now. And it's not. That means I need the Lord even more. Okay? He can help me with that problem too. In fact, that's one of the biggest problems He can help me with. A lack of spiritual desire and longing for the Lord. So uh, it would hinder me and keep me. Not that the door is shut, but it would hinder me from entering into the fullness of what God has before me, this unbelief. And it hindered the children 
of Israel, and to whom swear he that he, they should not enter into his rest, but them that believed not. So it's a physical example of a very spiritual truth. The children of Israel did not, that first generation that came out of Egypt, did not enter into the promised land. They never did. They never set one foot on in that land. Whom did he swear they're not going to enter into my rest? Why? Because they worship the golden calf? No, actually, that's not why. That was just a symptom of their problem. Their problem was they believed not. Faith is going to hinder us. Even as believers, our weak faith or lack of faith will hinder us to a great extent walking in maybe the ministry that God set before me, the prayer life He set before me, the witness for the, the, the number of souls I could have won to Jesus because I don't believe. I'm still going to heaven, I'm saved. But you understand the point? It can limit that. So we see that they could not enter in, specifically it says, because of unbelief. So the Bible says, take heed lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. Jesus and the Lord combines those two together. He associates unbelief and evil together. We don't all the time. I think evil is being, just picture in your mind whenever you think so evil. But the Lord says an evil heart of unbelief. That's why they didn't enter in. You see, they grumbled and complained. He, he could forgive them. But if somebody doesn't believe, they don't believe. And if, and if we don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God, we're not going to heaven. And if I don't believe that He has opened a door for me as a, as a believer, I'm not going to enter into the fullness that He has for me. So He gives us messages like this. He gives us times when you're reading your Bible. He gives times for another believer to provoke you in a good way, to encourage you. When you're meditating on God, He reveals something to you, shows you something deeper. And He's saying, come on. He's saying, come on to us. Come on deeper. Within Christ, there is this open door. And I want to go on to speak in the last part of the message today. Within the open door, I'm kind of combining two thoughts, but it's just the way that the Lord gave it to me. Within the open door of Christ for the believer, there is an open heaven. Have you all ever heard that phrase before? An open heaven. What does it mean? And the believer can, by faith, walk into it. And I want us to, to look at an example. I have a few, but I want you to look at John chapter 1. Now here's uh, the Lord, okay? John the Baptist baptized him. His earthly, he was tempted in the wilderness after that. And uh, he comes back and he begins his, bam, he hits the ground running. He, he's doing miracles and, and uh, crowds are following him and he's preaching the truth. And he, Peter, the Lord finds Peter, Peter, I mean, finds Andrew. Andrew goes and finds his brother Peter, brings him to the Lord. The Lord finds Philip. And let's pick up in verse 47. Philip finds Nathanael and tells him about Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him. So this is a good thing. People are coming to the Lord. Not only physically, they're coming to the revelation knowledge of who He is. They're coming to a place of faith. These were disciples. Peter found, I mean, Andrew found Peter. They became disciples, right? Philip was a disciple. He found Nathaniel, who became a disciple. 
And he, he, Jesus sees them coming. He specifically says to Nathanael, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. Nathanael said unto him, Whence knowest thou me? How do you know me? Jesus answered Philip and, and answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou was under the fig tree, I saw thee. Now this must have been some distance away. It must have been something that was not possible in the natural sense. To see him and to know him. And to know that he had no guile in him. Philip knew this was something amazing. And, and Nathanael answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God. Thou art the King of Israel. And so, just from that, that statement, uh, Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the tree, the fig tree, believest thou? Here's the open heaven part. Thou shalt see greater things than these. And he said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter ye shall see heaven open, and the angel of God, angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. So what is he saying here? Faith, because Nathaniel believed, it opened up not only a door to him, it opened up an open heaven to him. It opened up, he said, because, he specifically said, because you believe. Nathaniel, because you believe. What does he believe? You're the Son of God. You're the Savior of the world. You are the Messiah that we've been looking for. He believed it all. Okay? And he put his trust in him, obviously. And the Lord said, because you have believed and made this profession, you're going to see greater things. From now on, you're going to see spiritual things. From now on, you're going to see things that you didn't see before. From now on, you're going to see the heavens opened. That's open heaven that Bible scholars talk about. T. Austin Spark writes about in his books. This open heaven, you're going to see the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Well, that's an amazing thing. That's an amazing thing. But faith opened that door, right? That was only open. Jesus opened the door. But his faith in Christ opened that door for him. His faith in Jesus Christ opened the heavens to him for spiritual things. Back and forth from the Lord. Who he is. Spiritual things that others standing by didn't see. Now think about it. There were people there were standing right by Nathaniel. He didn't make that promise to them. Faith opened that door. Because, Nathaniel, because you believe, you're going to see greater things. That to me is what we're talking about this morning. When the Lord says, I've set before you an open door. It's not only to enter in through Christ to be saved. We have to do that. But it's entering into Christ to be saved and to find, move in and out and find pasture. To move in the things of God and the spiritual things of God. There is this open heaven that faith sets before us and unbelief shuts up to us. What, what was closed to others was open and visible to Nathaniel. What was going to be closed to others standing right by him physically in the streets of Judea. We're going to be open by faith to the man of God. Not just Nathaniel, I believe, to, to others as well. And I want to, this first time you really see something like this in the Bible is, and I'm just going to, you know the story, I don't have time to read it all, but when Jacob was fleeing from his brother Esau, he had, he had done that deceitful trick and stole the blessing. I know it was all God's plan initially, but still, Jacob was a deceitful man. 
his heart was not right. God had to work in his life to make it right. But when he's first fleeing, and he's, he's going from uh, Beersheba to Haran, and he's someplace in the, in the wilderness. This place before was called Luz, L-U-Z. And he's, he's, it's nighttime. He's got to sleep. So he gets a stone and he makes it his pillow to sleep on. And he dreams a dream. And in his dream, he sees this ladder that was set on earth whose top reached to heaven. And the angels of God ascending and descending on this ladder. And God stood above the ladder, it says, and spoke to him. And reinstated the covenant that he made. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, your fathers. And, and he reinstates this covenant, makes this covenant with Jacob. Jacob wakes up and it's scary to him. Uh, not scary like he wanted to flee, but the fear of God was in him. And he says, this is none other but the, the house of God. House of God, that's Bethel, Bethel. House of God, he named it Bethel. But we see this that was opened unto him. And these angels, and, and I'll just read this. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And he was afraid and said, how dreadful is this place? This is none other but the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. We're talking about open doors, open portals. And I'm not talking about something mysterious in the sense of science fiction. I'm talking about what faith opens up to us to believe. If the Bible says all things are possible to him that believes, then all things, not sinful things, okay, but all things that the Word of God talks to us about. Can I know more God more than I do now? Yeah, that's possible. All things are possible to him that believes. Can I walk in an overcoming faith where I'm not discouraged and depressed and defeated all the time? As a Christian, is that possible? Yes, all things are possible to him that believes. Can Jesus be more intimate with me and I be more intimate with Him to where it's really like He's sitting in the passenger seat beside me in my car and when I'm at work and I'm facing some difficulty, can Jesus be that real to me? Yes, He can. All things are possible to Him that believes. you understand the point? Can I really walk through a day and hear God speak to me and say, I want you to witness to them, but I don't want you to witness to them. Can I really live a life like that? Yes. That's the point. There's an open door in Christ. And then there's an open heaven that's in that open door. It's where we know the things of God that are freely given to us, the Bible says. That we may know the things that are freely given to us in God and experience those. And this is what the Lord was trying to uh, to work in Jacob's life in the Old Testament. This is what the Lord was saying to Nathaniel. I want to read this about John the Baptist when it says uh, when John the Baptist, he already believed because he said twice, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is Him of whom I spoke. He that cometh after me is preferred before me for He was before me. Uh, John the Baptist believed. He was a believer. Okay? In the Lord. In faith, that belief opened up to him something. And the Bible says, and straightway coming up out of the water, he saw, John the Baptist saw, the heavens opened. It's amazing. It's exciting. This is three different people. We talk about Jacob, Nathaniel, here John the Baptist. He saw the heavens open to the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. Faith in Jesus opens the doors for us to walk in that. It's in Christ. It's not outside of Christ. It's in saving faith in Jesus. And then a daily just, just shall live by faith kind of faith 
where, where we're walking with the Lord. And those things are open to us. Uh, the Apostle Paul said he was caught up to the third heaven, saw things that weren't lawful to be uttered. doesn't mean they were illegal. It means they were unutterable. They were beyond description in words. Okay, He saw things that others didn't see. God wants to do that for us. Whether it's a, a, an understanding of a scripture. You know, something that we think is simple as that. Oh, I finally, I've been saved for 30 years. Finally. That scripture always troubled me. I didn't get it. It didn't reconcile with my theology or whatever. And bing, the Lord shows it to us and we saw it. And we're so settled on it now. That's a wonderful feeling. I'm very settled on that now. I'm not wrestling with that anymore. And, and there's this open heaven that God sets before us in this open door. And I'm going to bring this to a close. It's, this is in Christ. And it's a spiritual life and there's a spiritual fullness. There's a spiritual reality which is open to us. And it's shut out only by unbelief. My question or challenge to you this morning is the same one I would challenge my, myself with. It's open to us. Will we walk in it? Will we walk in it? Y'all, we come in and out of this church building. I'm so thankful for it. Every day when Dee and I get home, or me and Peter and Dee at the end of the, the evening, after prayer meeting, we'll say, thank you, Lord, for another wonderful day. I mean, it's just every day that we come together, on Wednesday nights as well, it's so blessed. It's going to be today at the nursing home. I already know it's going to be. We're going to be tired. You're going to miss your nap. You know, but it's going to be good today. Uh, it's all we're so blessed, but we don't just come in and out, in and out, in and out and hear these wonderful things and just dream. And, and, you know, God wants us to walk in that. There has to be some change in my heart and my life. If he's been dealing you about not coming to the altar, some point you need to start coming to the altar like today. OK, if he's been dealing with you about uh, sharing the gospel with some of your friends or co-workers or neighbors or family then he's wanting, he's already dealing with you about it. Pray for the specific time and do it. Now I'm including myself in this as well. There has to be uh, uh, doing and walking this thing out. If the door is open before me and I want this heaven to be open before me and he says I have it for you, and then by faith, y'all, we need to step out. We're not waiting on the feeling. We're stepping out by faith and obedience to Christ. Um, the last real passage I want to read, I want you to turn with me, if you would, to 2 Kings chapter 6. Now, this is where uh, the Syrian army has been planning on attacking Samaria, Israel, okay? And there's this war between Syria and Israel. The prophet of the day is Elisha, okay? Elisha. And every time that the Syrians plan an attack, God shows Elisha beforehand and the plan's blown up, okay? Elisha maybe sends a message to the, the uh, Israeli army and tells them, hey, look, they're coming up this way every single time. And the, uh, the Syrian uh, captain is getting furious. He thinks for sure he's got a spy in their midst. And they said, no, it's not a spy. Somehow or another, they, the Syrians knew this. There's this prophet in, in uh, Samaria, in Dothan, and uh, he's, God's showing him what's going on before, and he's blowing up our plans before we ever get to him. And so they said, we're going to go get this man. 
And so here's what we're reading. Let's pick up in verse 13. And he said, go and spy where he is, that I may send, this is the Syrian captain, I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, behold, he's in Dothan. Therefore sent he there horses and chariots and a great host. And they came by night and compassed the city about. So here's the deal. They, they come by night. They circle the city. Dothan where, uh, where Elisha is. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? In other words, what are we going to do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with him. And Elisha prayed and said, I pray thee, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. And he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots and fire round about Elisha. We're just going to stop right there. What, what do we see here, y'all? We close with this thought this morning. What do we see here? We see a miracle of God, right? Okay, we see, we see a miracle. There's lots of miracles in the Bible. We see the divine protection of God because they were protected. Because here's, here's Dothan, the man of God, and his servant, the people there. Around them is this enemy army that's encamped all the way around. But around them is these, I would say, angelic chariots of fire and horses around that army. So he said it was a miracle. It was. It was, a, it was a, an example of the protection of God. It was. You know what also it was? It was, a, it was also an example of an open heaven. Because they were there. God had his army there. But the servant didn't see it. And Elisha said, Lord, open his eyes. His eyes were open to an open heaven to see what he didn't see before. And the Lord has, I'm not saying it's that exact thing. They don't have to be the exact things. But the Lord has an open heaven for us to walk in. And he wants us to walk in it. The, The servant didn't see it before and the Lord opened his eyes. So it wasn't just for Elisha, the prophet. It was for Elisha's servant. The Lord opened his eyes. The Lord opened his eyes. And he saw. He does that. Y'all need to do that for us. And I'll just say this. Will, will we dare to walk into it by faith? Indeed, you can come if you would. Um, will, will, we, will we dare to walk in what God has set before us? It's not enough for us to acknowledge it. It's for you and I by faith to walk in to all that He has for us. The fullness of all that He has before us. He set it before us. And he walks, wants to walk in it, us to walk in it. I'll close with this Scripture. Uh, you don't have to turn there, but Second Peter 1, he talks about, besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. We studied that when we studied on Wednesday nights. Add to your faith. So i got my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, but I'm to add to my faith virtue and knowledge and so forth all the way through uh, through love it says for so an entrance are we talking about an open door a portal a gateway for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ I just believe it would be amazing to see one person just even one 
I'll include myself in this. One person that really would take God at His Word and live a life like that. Without hedging ourselves with the natural world and the comforts of the natural world. And if I step out by faith and fall flat on my, on my face, I've got this backup plan. But to really step out by faith, Elisha didn't have a backup plan. If God hadn't sent armies around the Syrian army, they were done, right? There was no backup plan. He didn't have a militia ready like Paul Revere. I'm going to sound the, sound the trumpet and we'll scramble and do our best to, to fight off the Syrians. His faith was in God. And he didn't have a backup plan. So I know I'm kind of moving into something, but, but y'all just... That there is this open door that God has set before us. And by faith, if we would walk in it, walk to, to the extent that that you can. walk. Ask God for help to walk in more. If your faith is this small, ask God for bigger faith. If your eyes are open this bit, you can just see like that, that man that Jesus touched his eyes and at first he could just see men as trees walking, but he couldn't see clearly. Maybe that's all you can see. Well, say, Lord, touch me again. I want to see more. The Lord did touch him and open his eyes and he saw clearly, spiritually speaking, and that we would walk in that. He has set an open door before you and he has set an open door before this church. We're not limited that we're meeting in an old sob showroom. Okay? We're not limited by that. That doesn't limit Almighty God. We're not limited by the fact that we have a Democratic Congress right now. We're not limited by these facts. God has set an open door before this church, and He says no man can shut it. And I believe that. And he wants us to walk in it. Amen? Y'all pray with me. And these altars are open. Somebody get a hold of the Lord and at least trust Him to help you to walk in it. And Father, we come before You in Jesus' name. God, we just lay our lives at the feet of Jesus, Lord. We want to thank You, Lord. You said we're going to come in and out. By me, if any man enters in, he shall be saved and shall come in and out and find pasture. Lord, we want to walk about and move about, not just crossing the Jordan River and standing still and say, I'm in the, I'm in the promised land now, but to walk into Christ and then to possess the land, the fullness of what You have for us, what You have availed to us and made possible to us in Christ by faith in Jesus. This very day, today, and tomorrow, and every day that You give us life and breath, help us, God, to walk in the fullness of what You have for us and not come short of what You have for us in Jesus. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, God.